a listener production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Footy Talk, Jono's edition, back for 2024. Michael Chamis, what do you got on your radar? Jerome Luai and the Tigers. Big news. Big, big news. Uh, plenty of ramifications, I can tell you that much. Brent Reid is in too. What have we got, Reedy? I think we're going to butt heads over the Dragons and Ben Hunt and where that club's going, Mick. I just got a mm. feeling we're going to be on different pages over it. Good. Might be Here some we go. bargy Footy Talk. Welcome back to Footy Talk, first show of 2024. Adam Peacock alongside Brent Reed and Michael Chamis. Reedy, uh, welcome, mate. You're here for a few weeks. Off the and, bench and again. Off the bench. Off the bench again. Uh, impacts up. Widler's just, where is Widler? Just, oh, he's too good for us. Just holidaying on a beach. Oh, Danny's on a beach sort of guy, is he? No, no, no. He's walking his cat, isn't he, Chammy? <laughs> he's walking his cat through Bondi. He's walking his cat in Bondi. Could you Bondi or wherever he yeah, yeah. does his best. Anyway, I'll, I'll fill in for you, Dan. No problem, mate. Oh, I think it's actually quite weak. You enjoy your holiday. Weak Danny, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, I'm on holidays and I'm here. Correct. And if you yeah. recall, at the end of last year, I was on holidays and I was yeah. here. But no, Danny. Why don't we get rid of him and I'll do the show the rest of the year? Hang on. That's a good idea. Let's get that. Let's start the campaign. Chammy, you went on holidays and you were filing three yarns a week. Well, it's probably more than I did during the season, so I probably owed owed, owed the uh, the work. You were busy over the off-season, weren't you? Well, on your holidays, it's true. There were things to do. Yeah, fair enough. There were agents to appease and, yeah, news to give on oh, all of that. I like upsetting agents more than appeasing <laughs> agents. We're going to get into that. We are going to get into that for the first show of 2024. Now, the, the schedule of the show, it's going to be four shows a week of footy talk. Of course, the Journos edition, the award-winning, well, soon to be award-winning. We'll pick one up somewhere. That'll be on during the week, but the rest of uh, the slate of shows we've got for you will be announced in due course. But uh, in the lead up to during Feb- January and February, we're going to be doing this Footy Talk Journos one and there'll be a few joining us as we get closer to Vegas. You two got your tickets sorted, by the way? We are just talking about that, weren't we, Mick? <laughs> we're still oh. waiting. Still oh. waiting. Still, we'll work I think we'll out. be there somewhere, won't we, Mick? Yeah, no, we'll be there. We'll How be can there. we not be there? Please. If, if they don't send us for work, we'll go and have a, have a bit of a holiday. Yep, fly away, won't we? Nah, I, think, I think we'll be there. Might go across to San Diego with South Sydney, LA with the Roosters and Bronx and then make our way to Vegas where Manly and Brent Reid will be. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah, there'll, there'll be some bottom lips hitting the ground of uh, certain journos if they don't get a start. So let me tell you, they're all clamoring. They're all clamoring. I'm looking forward to the articles, Adam, that uh, about how Vegas was such a bad idea for everyone who didn't get a start on this junket. <laughs> it's yeah. going to happen. Mm. It's going to happen. It, if you don't get a absolutely. start, you're going to write about the NRL. What a waste of money. Yeah. <laughs> Brent Reid, maybe. <laughs> Not me, mate. I'll be there, hopefully. Let's get into the big talking points. And the big talking point, this is what dragged Chammy, or one of the storylines that uh, dragged Chammy uh, away from his family to his laptop to punch out a few words in the off-season. And I'm sure his wife was over the moon about that. Jerome Luai. So it's happening. He will be a Tiger in 2025. Firstly, about how it all happened, Chammy. There's some... There's a lot of interest in exactly how it all played out. We saw him not get involved in training for the last week before they broke up. We saw the Panthers come out and say, he's playing here in 2024 no matter what happens. Definitely locked in. That's absolutely going to happen given how it ended last year and how the signing uh, came about. Yeah, I don't think Jerome ever intended on leaving the Panthers in 2024. He's got a chance of winning four premierships in a row. And I think Jerome Law is the kind of guy who would actually – 
enjoy this farewell tour, soak it all in, enjoy the, the, the last hurrah and try and go out on a high. Now, how it went down, I think it left a sour taste with him. Now, I was at my son's T-ball on a Saturday morning. And, and I think, Reedy, you were sort of sniffing around at the time. There were yeah. some whispers going around about Jerome Luai potentially making a decision. This was before Christmas. And that morning I filed a story saying that Jerome Luai had agreed to terms with the Tigers on a five-year deal worth $6 million. And that morning he had told Coach Ivan Cleary that he was going to leave the club. And then the story broke, I think, within a couple of hours of him telling the coach. Now, in that time, after they finished training, Jerome then went back to rehab and the team were training and was unaware of what was unfolding in the background in regards to all the talk around his future. I think then he then he was told by someone at the club that this, this had gotten out. So he felt it was best suited to then go and tell the players before they got off the field to let them know. Mm. So in the meantime, we've organized Channel 9 after writing the story. I've rung the editor there and, and he's organized for a camera to go out. And we've got the moment captured that he's told Jerome Luai, uh, sorry, he's told teammates. Jerome Luai's told his teammates and he's walked off the field, packed his bags and walked out. The rest of the team were there for at least another hour. Now he's upset with the fact that this had gotten out so quickly after he told the club and didn't return to training for a few days. I don't blame him for being a bit upset. You've got to be a bit pragmatic, right? In this world, nothing stays secret. And people have been hovering around that story for ages. You're right, Mick, because he had a meeting with Shane Richardson or either him or Warwick Wright had a meeting with Shane Richardson the night before, I think it was, and Richard put, they put an upgraded offer to him and Richard had a long chat with, I think, Jerome. And at that point, Richard was pretty confident they were going to get a deal done. So you're right, I was sniffing around the story there. I'd actually filed the story saying that Tigers are, are, way, are bracing for a response out of Jerome Luai on Saturday morning. So we were all sniffing around it. We knew it was imminent. So in that situation, I understand Jerome being a little peeved about it, that it got out and he didn't control the narrative, but that's the way that this game works. Yeah, I think Jerome wanted to do the big announcement though. I think, and, you know, not, maybe not the Le- LeBron James style and he had taken <laughs> my talents to South Beach, but I, I think there was a part of him that wanted to do yeah. what he did, which was a press conference yeah. to announce his future. The, f- the fact that it was taken from him, that upset him. And I think there's been a little bit of underlying tension with the Panthers and Jerome for quite some time. Not to say that he hates anyone over at the, the club. Cl- over the Ivan Cleary remarks? Not just him. that. I think you're going back 12, 18 months. I'm talking about the way Crichton left the club, the whole saga there, kick out. I think there is a feeling from Jerome Luai that it became clear to him that this wasn't – it was business and there were people who were going to make business decisions and their loyalty just had to go out the window. And as much as he loves the players there, loves the coaching staff, loves the club – I think he went into this whole negotiation knowing it was a business from the very point where I messaged him in February last year and said, mate, I've heard you're going to leave management and I heard you going to go in a different direction because you're managed now by the same company that manages Ivan Cleary, manages Nathan Cleary, manages Dylan Edwards. There's a whole heap of players there that are managed and have a good relationship with SFX, George Mimas and co. And he was going to move away. And he asked me at the time not to write the story, which I didn't. And in the next few months, it came out that he was going to change management and then it went down the path it did. I think it was pretty clear that he was going to leave Penrith, but when he officially changed manager, the manager never reached out to Penrith. Now, we know he had a ta- an offer on the table of two years at around 8.25, but you'd they imagine- bumped, They bumped that up though at the end, didn't they? They did. I think it went three to three years, years 8.50. Yeah. That was the- But the manager was ne- wasn't the one going back and forth with Penrith. If you're his new manager and you're trying to get a deal done at Penrith, don't you ring Penrith? On your first day officially in charge? He was never going to stay at Penrith, given the golf in money between 
them and the Tigers, I think we're talking $400,000 minimum yeah. over, over what, what do you do in the end? Five years. So $2 million over five years. There's no way you can reject, given you've done. Well, he, was gonna, he wasn't going to get five you, years. You've done stories on his, his, his upbringing, his yeah. life, right, Mick? He's a kid who's come, come from not a lot, father in prison, you know, at a Times in his life, they, I think they, uh, you wrote a story about him not having a washing machine or, you know, they, they struggle to put food in the table. So when someone comes to you and puts an offer to you like the West Tigers did, and on top of that, they say to you, they, they wrap their, like Benji made this his personal mission to get Jerome Lua. It became very personal to Benji and, um, yeah, Benji, I think, feels a bit of an affinity with Jerome Luai. And then you say to him, we're going to make you, this will be your team. You will wear the number seven. You will run this club. Well, that's what he wanted. And Jerome goes, well, I've, I, I can either start the Penrith and remain in Nathan Cleary's shadow or I can leave and I can dominate and own my own team and become the man. And he's the sort of guy, you know, you, you can see in him, he enjoys being the man. He Loves enjoys it. being mm. the face of a footy club or he enjoys the, the idea of it, I would say. It's almost irresistible. So the offer the, the Tigers put to him, it's irresistible for a guy like that. So, I, you know, I, I understand why he's gone. I know he's had all that success at Penrith and he could stay there and have more success. But you've won three comps. You might end up winning four. You can go to a club and, and the Tigers are a big footy club. I think people don't really appreciate how big that club is. When they're going well, it's been a long time. They are a huge football club in Sydney. If he's the guy who can turn that club around, oh, massive! It'll do wonders for him. So, guys, the next steps. So, Luai returns to training, not like nothing's happened, but to progress himself to get him back on the field in in 2024. The dogs who are in the market sniffing around, what happens to them with the cash that maybe they were going to allocate to that? Penrith, what do they do in the market to kind of plan for life without Luai? We'll get to the Tigers in a moment because a lot's been happening at the Tigers and Richo and everything like that. But just those storylines, 2024 for Luai playing and Dogs and Penrith planning. What happens now? I think for the Dogs, they were bitterly disappointed because I think they believe they had him. I think they were given the indication that he was coming to the to the club. And we know his relationship with Cameron Seraldo. He's got a pretty good relationship with Phil Gordon and a lot of the players there. And I, to the point where I felt like his family probably wanted him to go there. If, if I wrote the story, really touched on it. His father, after he came out of prison, was facing deportation. And he ended up in Queensland uh, and he was going to get deported. It was actually Cameron Seraldo and Phil Gould who wrote references that helped him stay in the country. It's a pretty strong bond and a pretty, yeah. pretty key part of negotiations when given, yeah, given the history and what they had done for him. Now... Until Shane Richardson came in late with a big offer, and I think the offer originally with the Tigers was around 1.1. Now, I, I think it's been blown up to 1.2 plus. I think it goes to 1.25 towards the end of it, and, and that's why I think it's in excess Ooh. of $6 million. And it goes up with – I'm pretty sure there's a ratchet clause there. So when that cap goes up, he could be earning $1.4, $1.5 million by the time he gets to the end of his deal. Like you at the Herald, Chammy. Similar. <laughs> now, the dogs, the dogs are very disappointed, and I, and I think they're disappointed because they did not hear from Jerome towards the end. And he announced in the press conference that he's going to the Tigers, didn't re ring the Bulldogs, ring Cameron Seraldo and tell him that he wasn't coming. And the only phone call, I think, was from his manager, Warwick Wright, to Phil Gould saying, uh, Jerome has made a decision on his future. Uh, he will announce it later today. They're pretty disappointed. Mm. And I think they pulled out of the Fenua Blake deal knowing that he was probably going to go elsewhere. They weren't going to get him and they put all their eggs in Jerome and, and missed out. Now, what they do next, as you asked, I think they're 
They need a front rower. I think they're in for Terrell May. They're going to go hard at Terrell May from the Roosters and whether or not they keep him. And we know that Terrell May wants to play with his brothers and both Terrell and Taylor have said they want to play with their brothers and now Tyrone's over yeah. in the UK. I think Taylor May's a target for the Bulldogs. And well, their, they had, Ty- they had Tyrone as well. They, they put a contract to Tyrone, to Tyrone and then pulled it. Well, the board, the, the board the knocked board it back. It, so, the board knocked um, it back. Yeah, I, I could see. Obviously, the, the rumours about them and Ter- Terrell May have been going around for quite some time now, and the Roosters have been a bit, I think, peeved by how that situation's played out because I think they thought they would extend him, and then the whole sounds like the whole negotiation went quiet, right? Yeah, and the Roosters didn't know what was going on with Terrell May, so he sounds like he's definitely on the way. But it doesn't solve their halves, halves issue, Mick. I mean, that's the that's the dilemma for them, right? They've got Toby Sexton. They want to move Matt Burton to the centres. By the sounds of it, what do they do in the halves? Well, they've got some time to figure it out. Like they, they you got Blake Taft there. They They're can give him a, give him a go at six or one. He's not the answer. Mick Drew Hutchison's not the answer. They, they aren't the answer no, but, for them. But what are the answers? Like in a way, Ivan Cleary is right about Jerome Luai, and Jerome Luai can yeah, admitted as much in the press conference. This is a huge risk from the West Tigers. One point two to one point two five million dollars per season for a guy who hasn't had the chance to run a football team. Now, I think he's going to be a great signing for the West Tigers, but you can't deny that it's a risk. And is he back well, at the training? In a, yeah, yeah, he's back at training. He's back at training. Okay. Sorry, I just want to but, pick that uh, but one it's off. a it's a risk those clubs need to take because I mean I just looked at the players, the halves coming off contract at the end of next season. There's not a lot there. There's nothing there, really. No. Nothing that's in the Jerome Luai class. So for a cl- club like the Bulldogs or the West Tigers, if they don't get Jerome Luai, if the Tigers didn't get Jerome Luai, there's nowhere else to go. I, I don't know what the Bulldogs do now in the halves. The moment they blew up that club and moved on Justin Pascoe and Lee Hatchpantelis and Shane Richardson went in, he was never going to miss because he needed to make a statement. And so did Benji Marshall. Given the history of that club and what Michael Maguire had continually failed to do and land a big signing, if they missed another one, if they missed them again, it would have been embarrassing for the West Tigers. So Shane Richardson probably went to a point where he di- where the club didn't want to go to, which is one point two to one point two five million dollars. That's Rich, a lot. Richard had been chasing Jerome when he was at South from Jerome. I think Jerome was sixteen when he first tried to sign Jerome Luai to South. So Richard yeah. was a long time fan of Jerome Luai. So you're signing a face of the club as well. Yeah, and and, and, and he suits that Benji Marshall feel about it. Mm. Reedy, how would you describe? You know Richard well. We both you. Guys know Richo well, Shane Richardson at the the Tigers. How would you describe his uh, opening few pars, if you want to put it into a journalistic sense of uh, his time at the West Tigers and how he's gone about things and how he's looking to reset the club? Well, he's made impact, hasn't he? You know, there's no question there. I mean, getting Jerome Luai to the club and then obviously parting ways with uh, Scott Fulton, which was a huge change for that club as well. I mean, Scott was brought in by Lee and Justin. Scott and Benji didn't have a great relationship. Scott, obviously the head of recruitment, Benji the head coach. They weren't necessarily on the same page. And Richo, you know, I think he saw that that wasn't working and he's made a decision. They let Scott Fulton go. You know, I think to sum it up, what's it been, two months or so that Richo's been there? It's been cathartic for that football club. The changes he's made in that short time. You like that word? It's only been a month. It's the first time that word has ever been used on footy talk. Can you get the dictionary out? Yeah. Google it. Google it. Google it, kids. (laughs) Yeah, Chammy Chammy has this constant, and and it looks like it's spilled over into 2024, this constant quarrel with the English language. And uh, (laughs) cathartic, Chammy, is something. I know. A a state of mind that you don't get in when you're on holidays because you're too busy working. I'm not not cathartic. Chammy wanted to go off on a tangent there. Should we go on for a quick tangent (laughs) about my experience yesterday? He was saying cathartic. I said, yeah, it's like having a float. He was explaining what he did. I went for a float yesterday. You ever been for a float? 
a float. And you know where you're floating. Water? Seen a few floats in, in March, but I haven't. <laughs> sorry. This was an interesting float. You know, floating water. You know, the water's full of salt or magnesium, and you float in the dark. Oh, you can't sink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I went. In a, I went in a double float with my wife. <laughs> oh, okay. You, you get. How to turn out, ready? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. The last half hour, I was a bit distracted. I couldn't <laughs> focus on. I couldn't. I couldn't clear my mind. Oh, it's good. It's good it's to know that you're you, you're still kind of got that bond with your wife. I'm I'm yeah. happy to hear it, Ready? Well, well, oh, no, nothing. She stayed nothing, away from it. Nothing happened. I just couldn't get my mind off you know, the fact that I was yeah. naked in the float. Yeah. Anyway, how were you? Well like, done. What, what, completely naked. Completely naked. Like laying on your back. Laying on your back. But you float really high. You float above the water, yeah. Oh, okay, I'll just get the visual here. Anyway. Oh, you don't, please. Please don't visualise me floating naked, Nick. <laughs> okay, you don't need to go there. I'd rather visualise Danny Wydler walking his cat along Bondi oh, yeah, Beach. Yeah. That's probably a better Anyway, vision. we digress. This, what did you ask? Uh, what did you ask? How have I forgotten? Mate, this, this conversation is like a fish up a tree. You look at it and you go, how did we get here and what on earth is happening? Because it's cathartic. He was cathartic. Oh, that's what it was. That's cathartic, yeah. Uh, no, he's tigers. done a great job, Richo. Yeah. Fantastic job. <laughs> A lot of change, yeah. you know. He's the right. He was. The, well, I think we said it at the time. He was the right man at the right time for that footy club because they needed someone, someone who could make things happen. What, one thing they Benji have done, though, someone who could make. One things thing happen. they have done the board, and and this is long hamstrung Justin Pascoe. Is you know the West Tigers after Ivan Cleary and after Kelly Egan when they made those decisions that came back to haunt them recruitment wise. Yep. They implemented the policy that everything had to go through the board pretty yes. much over a certain amount. So it, it created this protracted process every time they wanted to do something. They had to go through so many, jump through so many hoops to get it done. So now they've appointed Shane Richardson and said, you know what? Forget all that. You do what you yeah. want. And they've taken away all those all those limitations and all those yep. hoops that he had to jump through and he can go and do what he wants. Whether that's the right thing or the wrong thing, time will tell because they've given him the freedom to go and give Jerome Luai what he wants. And if we're sitting here in four years' time and Jerome Luai's a bust, they're going to turn around and say, you know what? Why did we give them all that power? Yeah. Maybe we need to have the board sitting there deciding what they can and can't do. Be interesting to see how that one plays out. Yeah, a bit to happen there. Just back to the Panthers, guys, as well, just before we uh, have a little spell because one's required after Reedy's story. <laughs> what do they do? do? Like, have they just got this – because they offered, what, 825, was it, Reedy, the, the number? Over I think it ended two, up 850 over three years. 850, yeah. It's like 2.5 yeah. over three years, yeah. So that yeah. money's there. Does that then become contract upgrades for the existing talent or do they go fishing in the market for something around, you know, the, the 400 mark and then – do the upgrades with the rest. Well, they put May Taruva and there was one more on Mitch hold Kenny. and Mitch Kenny on hold until they got the Lua situation mm. resolved. So they've got to resolve those three guys now. Look, they can go to market. They've got a young kid, Jack Cole, I think, yeah. Mick, uh, who goes all right apparently. Um, they've been offered some players as I understand it. I mean, it'd be interesting to see what unfolds at the West Tigers Ivan now. loves Dane Laurie. Loves well, Dane Laurie. I'm not sure if Dane Laurie is the answer, but the, the – the Tigers have got Jaden Sullivan, Latu Fanu, Lockie Galvin, who are all there. All For how arms. long, Reedy? Well, that's the issue, isn't it? You're I, hearing I, the whispers already? Yeah, I, I'd imagine at least one of them will be gone in 12 months' time, if not earlier. I don't yeah. know which one. Maybe Sullivan. I he's, think Sullivan. He's the a half want to go. Right, the other two are five eights. Jerome's going to play half. They paid overs for Sullivan, mate. Uh, with all due respect to the kid, I think they. They. I don't think they're going to be able to get rid of him without paying some no, of his salary. No, they'll have to chip in for him for sure. Goes up towards six hundred. Yeah, Jaden Sullivan showed a lot of potential, but is he is he a six hundred thousand dollar player? No, I know it's that's in his final years, but it's still around four fifty to five hundred, and yeah. goes up gradually. I don't think this is the problem. You brought up Scott Fulton earlier. Now you got to work out who talks to who. Scott Fulton is very very close to Mario Tartak. In mm. fact, Mario Tartak was the one who organised the meeting between the West Tigers, Mario Tartak, the agent. 
He's the one who organized the meeting between the West Tigers and Scott Fulton. It was on his recommendation that they yep. went and signed him. They did their due diligence and they appointed him. It led to Jaden Sullivan and the Finu brothers ending up at the West Tigers. Now Scott Fulton's gone. Shane Richardson, from what I understand, hasn't got a great relationship with Mario Tartak. And Mario Tartak's sitting there thinking he was running this club, now longer has any say whatsoever at, at this club. He's also Benji Marshall's ex-manager. Mm-hmm. His influence at the club is going to be interesting. I think the Tigers would want, if they had to get rid of somebody, Jaden Sullivan to go. Jaden Sullivan's not going to find a contract on that much money. Latu Finu, though, there's a lot of people who think that he's going to be a superstar, potentially could go. The Tigers won't want him to go, though. No. But his manager then may use that against the club to try and move him on. I, I don't <laughs> think this is going to be pretty over the next few months with the half situation at the West Tigers. That's Do you agree story. or not? I agree, yeah. I think there's going to be some drama there. There's no doubt there'll be some drama there because the Tigers won't want to keep all those guys, right? And the agent will want to maximise what he can get for those guys to leave. And that's naturally going to lead to friction. And and you're right, Sullivan's a logical one because he's a seven. The other guy's the sixes, right? Yeah. And Jerome's coming as a seven. They've got Lockie Galvin, who's a really promising young local kid who has been a bit restless as well, as I understand it. But Benji's really high on Lachlan Galvin, been really impressed with him in pre-season. You don't need them all. They've got too many. Obviously, and, and something's going to have to give. Aiden Caesar's there as well. Well, he's only there for this year, though, isn't yeah. he? So yeah. something's got to give, Mick. And and you're right, Sullivan's the logical one. The question is whether they, they'll be able to move him and how much you're going to have to chip in for him to move. The other part is Nofaluma. They've got a Nofaluma problem. We know he didn't turn up to yeah. training for a week there. He's on 500 grand for the next he's two got a year years. Going, yep. He's left his management company. He's left the AUBs. And do you know who he's linked with? Mario. Mario Tartang. <laughs> this is a... <laughs> It's, it's, going to be, it's going to be it's bold and the beautiful. It's going to be difficult for the Tigers to clear their roster the way they want over the next twelve to eighteen months. Well, that one's going to linger because they've been trying to get rid of David Nofaluma for over twelve months now. No and one's they, taking and it. No one's taking. No, they've even tried England, I think. And I, th- I don't think either Dave doesn't want to go there, or they can't get an offer out of England. It's going to get for to him. the point where they're going to have to. If the, if if he's that much of a problem in the team, if he becomes a problem, they're going to have to pay out his full salary. Well, that's not going to happen, Mick. It might. That won't happen. I think uh, if it gets to a point, hey, pre-Christmas, it wasn't nice. It wasn't pretty. Him complaining about the way he's been treated by the coaching staff and the way he's been worked. They'll just keep putting him on notice and they'll give him warnings till they can sack him. That makes more well, sense. I think he's got a few warnings. Yeah. He's got at least one. There you go. You got a warning too, Ready after that float story. Float uh, we're well, going to have a little breather. Up, back. Not me. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He's obsessed with <laughs> picturing me naked. I've got another story about Reedy's. Oh, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) On the other side of this, hang on a sec. No way, we've got a headline. Uh, Dragon's drama. Yes, there is Dragon's drama, but this is them trying to get away from future pain. And I, I mean, we all feel sorry for Ronald Volkman here, player that's come over from the Warriors, He's walked away from the possibility of continuing his career there to, to go. But in the interim, he's done a medical chammy and, yeah, the whole thing's turned bad, real bad for everyone involved, namely the player, most of all. Mm. Yeah, it's a pretty, pretty sad story, really, what's happened to Ronald Volkman. Look, I, I've been on holidays, just got back into it. So Reedy's been sunning himself as well, and among other things. I, I'm not quite across what went down pre-Christmas with the Warriors. From what I understand... They agreed to release him pre-Christmas. Now, he had two years to run on his contract. They were happy for him to go. And that release, the termination, was put forward last year. Signed off Mm. on, all done. The Dragons contract, in the meantime, had not been registered. He went to training. They found out his shoulder wasn't the best. He couldn't pass properly and 
so they sent him for scans and it showed that he had some, a pre-existing injury that required surgery and he was cooked basically. And the Dragons decided, well, this contract's not registered. We're not going to go through with this contract. We're pulling out. The manager, whether or not he knew, uh, Mario Tartak, I haven't spoken to him, Reed. Have you, have you spoken, I haven't to him? spoken to him? No. Was he aware? Now the Dragons, they're blaming the Warriors saying that the Warriors didn't provide an accurate medical report of Ronald Balkan's situation. And the Warriors are turning around and saying, well, the Dragons, they didn't do their due diligence. I don't know who's in the wrong here. It's a, it's a terrible situation. I did speak to the Dragons though, and they, they said the Warriors were so desperate to get rid of Ronald Volkman that last year when the Dragons were negotiating with Fanua Blake, they told them that if you take Volkman now, we would consider releasing Fanua Blake for 2024. Doesn't it set off alarm bells at the Dragons? Oh, I'm sort of on the Warriors' side here. I mean, the Dragons should have done a proper medical on the guy before they agreed to sign him. Mm. You know, if, if a club, well, a lot ready, of people agree to agree agree to uh, contracts or conditions per waiting on a medical assessment. They they need they you know it's pending the medical they had a assessment. Formal contract ready to be signed. I mean, they they, so did they, they agreed to teach training with the football team. I know, Nick. I know, it's not good. That's for me. This is this lies with the dragons. You know, it sums up that organisation at the moment. At the moment, in many respects, it's just very happy. And with due respect to Shane Flanagan, he's only just got his hands or his feet behind the wheel there, that organisation's been very haphazard in the way it's been run for a long time. I think they lack a little bit of professionalism. I think they've been left behind. And I think this encapsulates what that football club's been like for a long time now. Because they should have done a full medical on the on the bloke before they agreed to sign him. Mm. And I understand now that they, you know, he hasn't signed the contract and they pulled the deal. But that's pretty poor for me. You know, it should never have got to that point Without a medical. Yeah. A full medical being conducted on him and that injury should have been discovered before they agreed to sign him. Yeah. Should it not? I mean, uh, that, that's what I feel. Yeah. I, I, I think I, I think we can point the finger at the Warriors. It's ridiculous to point the finger at the Warriors. Mm. Ridiculous. You can have a little shot at his agent. I agree with that potentially. But for me, well, the, major, agent know? the major fault in this lies with the Dragons. Yeah. And I, I think the Dragons at the moment, and this is what Shane Flanagan wanted. They've given Shane Flanagan complete control. And the way he operated at... Cronulla was he did everything. Yep. Times have changed. The game is so much bigger than what it was. And and with all due respect to the Sharks, this is not Cronulla anymore. And the Dragons are the biggest club, were the biggest brand in rugby league alongside South Sydney. And I think he's just taken on too much. He's head of recruitment. He's general manager. He is coach. They've sort of sidelined Benny Harron, who was the general manager at the time. They need someone in there with experience to come in and actually do things that Shane Flanagan shouldn't be concentrating on. Is there a club that's had a worse off-season than the, the Dragons? They've signed no one. Oh. They've been in for Fanua Blake. They've been in the for- The optimism is around Flanagan, really. The optimism is around, can this guy turn a football team that didn't look like they were coached properly into a decent football team? It's going to come down to the coaching. And even Flano now has said, Flano was very bullish when he first got there. We're going to sign Chase Joey Manu. We're going to chase Adam Fanua Blake. Assorted other names. Even Flano's now saying, hold on, I'm going to pull the reins back a bit. I'm not going to be as public about who we're trying to sign because they keep missing targets. Mm. Yeah, they've had no luck in the player market. Helam Lukey looks like he won't go there either. Um, the other young Cowboys back right doesn't look like they'll sign him. Just on the, the whole notion, though, look, look wider. It seems clubs down the bottom, they're desperate to buy their way out of trouble. And that that's fair enough because it happens in a lot of free agency sports that, oh, we're going to try and buy the best to bring him here to make us better straight away. But I think what gets lost in a lot of things, and, and Chami brought it up there, is about it, it's all on the coaching now. 
So if Shane Flanagan walks in there and improves every single player by 5%, that for the Dragons is going to turn them around, in my opinion. They'll finish 12th. If, if, if the coaching... Well, that's a stepping stone. I, I think they get into the eight. If he improves what's there, because what's there isn't that horrible. It's not like they're oh they're it's they're not a, that a good total either. rebound. It's not they that good, but it's not they don't eight, have the depth. It's not a top eight roster. They don't <sighs> have the depth. But if the coaching is good enough to improve individuals across the board, that's where their improvement's gonna come. And I can see it happening. That like, is a bottom four roster. Right now okay. that's a bottom four roster. There's no way mm-hmm. that's a top eight roster. Ben Hunt carried that club last year. Oh. Do you think Ben Hunt's going to want to be there I, I think, beyond I, this look, year? I think Ben Hunt's been good in previous years. I don't know if Ben Hunt was that good last year. And I think Ben Hunt was a bit of the problem last year, that distraction around his future. But also his allegiance to Anthony Griffin became a problem because it worked both ways. And what yeah, was but good, they only win when ben Hunt, ben Hunt plays well. I don't think that – well, that's the halfback's responsibility to make everyone else in the team look good. And I don't think he was. I think he made himself look good at times. But he wasn't making the football team better. And the best thing for that football team sometimes was Ben Hunt to play a different role and he didn't want to do it. And the club's got to come well, first. Well, they wanted to play hooker. I wouldn't do it either, Mick. You're the captain of the football club and they're saying to you, go play hooker. I'm not saying it's the right or wrong option, but you do what's best for the club. You don't sit there and threaten people and but say, he I don't want to play. Playing half because or I'm going to leave if this coach club. is not here. But he's not the coach. I'm not talking about now. He's going to play halfback funny and wants him playing halfback. All I'm saying is, do you think to, that to say that Ben is Hunt is the only one having a dig there, I, I think it's unfair. I didn't say he was the only one having a dig. Is anyone playing well? I said he was. He's the best player. You pay there. someone one point two million dollars. He's not on one point two million anymore. Whatever he's on, he's it's, he's on about eight fifty. He's been on for one point two for five years. If you're paying that much money, you want to make the people around him look better. And unfortunately, the people around him have gotten people worse. Around him look better. Who? What's well, not? Uh, Zach Lomax is a very good footballer. He hasn't looked like one. When does Zach Lomax look like a good? Been a good footballer. He looked like he was going to be when? a good footballer. How long since Zach Lomax had a good year? Are you going to lay that on Ben Hunt? I'm going to say Ben Hunt. Are you going to say Ben Hunt is responsible for Zach Lomax no, not living up to his potential? Needs to do more to make that football team better. What more do you want him to do? Like he, he when they won, Ben Hunt played well. Reedy, he's been paid that like that much for so long, and that football team he's has been gone. their best player for so long. So what? What's it got? Them? That's what he's paid for to be their best player. I'm sorry, but no one else around him looks looks good. No one else around him. Well, you're looks saying that's Ben Hunt's fault. Say he's got to do more. He's got to he's got to develop his game to help oh, the God. others. Okay, guys, and his leadership. The coach, it's on the coach. I think we can agree because they haven't got recruits, and he's walked into the joint with the same furniture, and he's going to have to rearrange it in a way that's going to make the place look better. And I'm not saying it's going to happen with Shane Flanagan. I'm just saying that's the watch on the Dragons. And if it does happen, they will improve a lot because I yeah. believe there's some talent on that roster, and Reedy doesn't. He thinks they belong at the tip. But I actually think that there's <laughs> a, bit a bit of talent on that roster. But you're and right, they've been Adam. driver with a handbrake no, you're, you're, I'm, I'm just saying there's no way that's a top eight roster. It doesn't matter. I agree with you Craig on that. Craig Bellamy could coach that team and that team would not make the top eight. Hmm. Trent Robinson could coach that team. It will not make the top eight. That is not a top yeah, eight roster. There's more than just the footy element in what I'm talking about with Ben Hunt. What about off the field? All these guys that have come into the club that you're all saying have been dud signings have been signed off or been recommended by Ben Hunt. That look, what Josh Maguire, Andrew McCulloch, all this money they spent over the years. Half of Queensland plays for New, uh, for the Dragons. Ben Hunt's not the one signing them. Like ben Hunt, he was Hook's right hand man. He was Hook's right hand man, the and captain Hook's of the gone, club. Mick. I know. Hook's but I'm gone saying the predicament they are the finding themselves done. in now. He can't turn around and say I'm the only one who's been trying. Or I'm the. He he's partly to blame for the the, the place they find themselves in right now. <sighs> okay. 
You're right, Mick. Right. Ben Hunt's Swans players. Go, flo- go float yourself, please. Hey, last one, guys. It sounds like you guys need a holiday. And uh, we mentioned up the top about Vegas. Is there any more that's filtered out about plans? Because there's no Russell, there's no Hugh Jackman, there's no Tim Zoo fight. Just sounds like a game of rugby league or two games of rugby league on the <laughs> other side of the world. Uh, no news. No. <laughs> Still waiting to hear where we're going. Yeah. Okay. Fingers crossed. Can you help out? Me? Don't look at me. Can you put in a word for us? Do something? With who? I don't know. You seem to carry a lot of clout these days. You're high-fiving <laughs> Tanasi Kokonakis and hugging him. And oh, yeah. He's going to get you to Vegas. <laughs> How's Nick been over in, in Melbourne? You seen much I haven't of him? seen him. I haven't over seen him. Over in Melbourne. Um, He's down mate. in Melbourne. He's not in down Perth. Down in Melbourne. Yeah. You guys are in, in uh, Sydney. I'm in Melbourne at the moment. No, I haven't seen no. Nicholas. So uh hey, Vegas comment on good. that one. Vegas. I think Vegas looking okay. Isn't Mate, it? they won't know the success of it for a few years. They're basically relying on gambling revenue and also the international broadcast rights to go up. And if they can do that, they'll pay off and some what the costs of this expedition. It's, See the AFL yeah. want to get involved as well? They want to send a game over to the States? Do they? I read that. Yeah. <laughs> if PVL and Andrew Abdo are listening, this is the can you sort us out, fellas, please? <laughs> if, they're <laughs> <listening>. <laughs> if they're listening, we can call them. That's what we do here. Do you want to call PVL? Oh, yeah, give them a call. Yes. Yeah, he'd love yeah. that. I won't do that this year, do we? Anyway, if you're listening, guys, look Did up. either of you two go on the tour, the the pre-tour tour? No. Really? We, did you go? No. I didn't go. No, I brushed it, actually. I got offered it and said no. Mm. Oh. Arguably okay. the dumbest decision of my life. It was a good trip. They went it everywhere. It looked like an amazing trip. Potentially Woodsy the was there, though. You've done. Woodsy yeah, was there. Potentially the dumbest. Woodsy was there. Did Brandon, mm. Brandon Smith carved him up, actually, didn't he? Did he? Yeah, I saw something about, well, they sent Woodsy over there. He backs into everyone. Wow. <laughs> We're in an NFL fantasy comp together, me and Woodsy and Brandon Smith. Oh, yeah. Brandon came last. Well, this guy just he won one game all year. <laughs> he won one game. <laughs> yeah. He won the toilet bowl. I've got him a trophy. <laughs> wasn't it's a great a 2023 for B. Smith, was it? Anyway. Uh, gentlemen, he thank you. His, hey, by the way. If Brandon's listening, mm-hmm. he hasn't paid his cash. Hundred bucks, Brandon. Stump up, son. <laughs> or, you're out, or you're out next year, buddy. He's uh, on the minimum yeah. at the Roosters, isn't he? Yeah, he's battling. Hundred yeah. bucks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Reedy, Chammy, thank yeah. you for that. And we'll be back next week. That was the first one of 2024. Looking forward to plenty more footy talk and plenty more jibes through the year.